0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Matthew chapter seven, remain standing for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27, Christ crowns his longest teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, with this incredibly poignant, convicting um hopefully uh, a type of wake up call instruction to those who would be wise. Matthew 7:24 through 27. Jesus says, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is a word of the Lord. You may be seated today. Thank you again for being here. I want to thank Pastor Chris for the opportunity to speak um, in the spirit of the theme Inside Out with the topic of emotions. Someone say, feelings. Nothing more than feelings. I should have a little glass up here for tips, right? He'd be like, no, you shouldn't. What do we do, believer? What do we do with our feelings? What do we do with our emotions? Now, I've, I've been a pastor in ministry since I was 21 years old officially. And I'm 37. So it's been. See, in church, it's called a joke, not a lie. 49 and a half years old. That's the truth. Um, and, uh, and so in all these years, just um, wanting to be useful in the lives of people's spiritual development, which I think is the most important part of your life, wanting to be a student of what it means to be a minister, a pastor, a teacher, uh, observing people, observing myself, observing my family, wanting to be um, relevant, wanting to be insightful. And one of the conclusions that I have come to is that in many believers' lives, their greatest threat The greatest threat, the greatest challenge to their spiritual well-being is not sickness. It's not financial hardship. It's not tragic loss. Now, there are some who can't get over things like tragic loss of a loved one. But that's generally we think about the most uh, difficult things in the context of a, a sovereign loving God. That doesn't shake our faith. What, what I think most gets to the believer and dilutes their faith and renders them practically, for all intents and purposes, an a, uh, 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 ineffective disciple is the wear and tear of their emotions and their inability, one's inability to harness their heart. So that fear will run away like, like, a, like, a, like a runaway train. Fear just drags them or, or, or uh, anger drags them or um, um, anxiety drags them backwards or into the weeds, into the thickets. And oftentimes there's a repentance, but they, we come back beat up, scraped up with regrets. And, and if we don't learn the lesson, of how to be self-controlled, then in short order, we will be dragged away again. And let me tell you, friend, are you with me? That That's not God's fault, and you can't even blame the devil. Just so you know. And don't stop blaming your husband. Don't blame your wife. We as believers in Christ must grow to the point where we understand the, the, the role of our emotions, that they are valuable. But they are gifts for us to know God and to know one another. To grow in wisdom and empathy and compassion. But that the person of God and his revealed word trump all feelings. We must have a proper relationship between our emotions and God himself, his person, who he is, and the word he's given us. We have to reconcile that. And when our emotions rise up, that we grow to the point where we submit them to the person of God and his expectations of us. Are you following that at all? So it isn't about becoming like Spock. You know, there's a rise of stoicism in our culture. People who just want don't want to get too high, don't get too low. It's not about becoming automatons or robots. No, God made us uh, to some to a lesser degree than others, but passionate and emotive, and what's what makes our worship experiences. Uh, sometimes um, powerful is that we're willing, our willingness to emotionally open up and respond. So, so it it isn't that we, we got to like turn it off. No, you turn it off, you squash it down. Yeah, that gets you sick in another way, but it's about growing, maturing so that, you know, when a child throws a fit, we get it, but we can't be throwing fits when we're 40, I went there. (laughs) Can't. And we do. We might not throw ourselves on the ground, kicking and screaming, but we throw fits. We let our emotions take us to places that are unhealthy. Well, when Christ crowns his great sermon with this, I believe that, that what he was saying is that there are going to be times when you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you get to the end. He's is connecting all of his instructions, all of his great teaching with the reality that we will be tempted to not want to or feel like complying or living in it. He, he knows that there will be times when we, our emotions might rise up and drag us into various temptations. They might drag us into, uh, uh, he, he speaks to adultery. It might drag us into fits of rage. He speaks there about cursing others. It might drag us into all types of places where we allow our flesh and our emotions to be our master. And so he says, the wise man will hear what I have to say and do it. Put it into practice. Apply it. The fool won't, and the storms will come, whether that's illness or financial struggle or temptation or something as minor as someone cutting you off on the freeway or you're not getting the promotion. The storm will reach your shore. The storm will reach you. We don't preach a prosperity gospel here. You want that foolishness, you got to find somewhere else. But we're not going to ever say that, oh, yeah, God's going to make you rich and famous. And, uh. <laughs> and I think a heart that's after such things is a dangerous thing when you have too much money and power. No, 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 no. God promised to take care of your needs, he promises to bless you, but your reward is in heaven. Not here. Get over the Bentley. Get over the yacht. Get over the 150 followers. What, that's not a lot? What? God's keeping me humble, see. Can I, can I challenge you with something here? Then we'll get into the... I'm going to go real quick to through the, through the, through the points. I hope you get it. It is worth putting into practice God's will over yours. It is worth it. And, and, and if we could be sober-minded, instead of all drunk by the, intoxicated by the things of this world or our own, Feelings and passions and desires. If we could just be sober about it and we look at the will of a loving, benevolent, omnipotent God and our little will that is only informed by what we see, it would be easier to submit and know that if I can be in lockstep with God who is knitting together history, That I would live the more significant life being in harmony with him rather than striking a dissonant tone. I don't want to be off key. I want to be on key. I want to be a part of his music. I don't want to be that one that can't keep tempo. That one that wants to write a new song, a different song. The great songwriter, music composer of the universe knows more than I do. So, if I can just be in sync with him, regardless of what my little mind thinks and my little heart desires, if I can be in sync with him, that is the life that is worth living. That is the life with eternal value. That is the life, and that is the, that is the, 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 That is the rock. That is the foundation of a life where even in the Ukraine, there are believers that are rallying together and praying. There are pastors that have stayed where they could have ran. There are clergy members that are running too instead of running away. Why? Because we can point to the things that are eternal, not temporal. We can point to the one who is sovereign. That life is worth living. That life is worth passing on to our children. A love for God and his word rather than a love for oneself and what they can acquire. Passing on to our children and our children's children the way, the truth, and the life. The one who calms the seas. And when he doesn't calm the seas, he makes sure your boat doesn't sink. That's what's worth doing. That's what's worth believing. That's what's worth living. Are you with me? So when our emotions rise up, We have got to make sure we're interlocking our heart with the truth. Got to connect them. We got to make sure that we're pleasing the Lord. So as we look at this passage, I want to say just a few things. Are you ready? Number one. What Christ challenges us to be is an architect. He says, build your life. Someone say, build your life. Say, build my life. He wants you to be an architect. You have a choice. It's beautiful. Build your life strategically. Build your life strategically. When we were kids, we made forts. You ever make a fort? Out of cardboard. Remember that? And when it was too cold, you make a fort in the house. Get some chairs and a blanket. How many took the time to do that? You thought about everything. And then you got all the snacks and put them in there. I don't know if you remember the the little rascals. Anyone old enough to remember the little rascals? You old. Just kidding. Calm down, calm down. We're in church. Relax. Calm down over there. I remember it too. If you remember them, you probably remember Felix the cat too. That's going way back. Little rascals, the boys had a, had a, like a fort, they called it the He-Man Woman Haters Club. (laughs) He-Man Woman Haters. Except for Alfalfa, he, you know. He was the Romeo. When we were kids, we would build forts with great ingenuity. We'd resource it. Have we ever thought about our lives and that we're building something? You have an opportunity To build strategically the most important parts of your life. Taking the blueprints that God gives you. To build a life, taking your marriage and building it according to the blueprint. See, you shouldn't just have things happen to you all the time. You got to assert yourself can't just be a victim of circumstance. Oh, I don't know. They did this. They did that. They didn't give me that. They didn't give me this. You got to assert yourself. Assert yourself in your marriage. Build it with a plan. Take parts of your parents' marriage and apply it that were godly and the rest, toss it out. That's not disrespectful. You don't have to tell them. Keep it to yourself. But if there's stuff you learn in your house growing up that wasn't good, you surely did, by the way. You surely did. Because we, we, we they're, they're, they're human. Take the good, the good, by the way, lines up with God's word, and ditch the bad. You don't got to be like your dad. You don't got to be like your mom. You have a choice. Unless you just let your emotions dominate you like, a, like you know, like a adolescent. But otherwise you get to build. This is so this is wonderful that you have the choice to build your life. You get to build your finances. You get to be strategic. You take the blueprint of God's word that says give and save. Give and save. Don't just spend it all. But to apply yourself to be a generous person. And to be a wise steward you might say but i don't have very much that's okay what you have you apply the blueprint to and watch god bless it the way that you raise your children you should be strategic and sometimes being strategic means you're going to make them upset someone like that one sometimes you're going to make them upset And and, and look, they got lots of friends, but they only have one mom, one dad. Do your job. Do your job. Which sometimes means, as you train them up and discipline them and direct them and correct them, they're not going to be pleased with you. They got friends that will tell them whatever they want to hear. But not you. You have to speak truth. But you got to be intentional, see, about it. Now, don't go out of your way to make them mad. That ain't godly either. We talked about that the other day. So someone say, someone say, be an architect. Yeah. I want to plant that in your heart. Be inspired by that. Be hopeful. Number two, prepare ahead of time by building your life on truth. Prepare ahead of time. I, 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 I alluded to this when I spoke on Daniel about a month ago, that before, just at the smell, just at the, the very uh, inkling of controversy or conflict between him and uh his god and the expectations of the babylonians he took a stand so it's about implementing the plan before you're sick implementing the plan before you get laid off because sometimes we're reactive right sometimes it's like well oh I, I got hit by something i gotta now pray really hard and go talk to someone and get in group and because we think like somehow god that's the uh, like a a recipe for god to bless you again that's not it no, 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 no. We, we go to church and we pray and we go to groups so that we can grow in knowledge and understanding. So that we apply it proactively. Not reactively. See, this is, this is about growth. Someone say grow. Because we want you to grow from the inside out. We want you to master those feelings and emotions. Children will sometimes will, sometimes will obey their parent when they're watching them because they're afraid. But when the parents are not watching them, they'll do whatever their feelings want them to do. Now, you know your, your, your teenagers growing up, when they do the right thing, when you're home or not. Teenagers, pay attention. And when your teenage children start to do the right thing, even when you're not there, or even before you tell them, you start to give them more freedom. Teenagers, take note. You can't give someone freedom at level at level seven when they haven't treated it well at level four. When you do, oh you haven't done your homework for three weeks oh you haven't fed the dogs oh yeah yeah here's the keys. Take the car. Well what's that, young people? You don't impress us by disobeying us. We have to we have to rein in our feelings and prepare ahead of time by building on the truth. Truth trumps feelings. Prepare ahead of time. Someone say, get ahead. Get ahead, ahead, family. Get ahead, dad. Get ahead, mom. Get ahead of it. Build on truth. Apply the word ahead of time. Because what you're doing okay, this is really important, is that you are, you, are, you are incorporating or building in truth, understanding, wisdom, experience with God. You're building it into you. Your mindsets begin to change as you focus on how God instructs you to live. As you begin every day, someone say daily, You apply what you heard, what you read, what you learned to Monday, then to Tuesday. See, this is intentional. You have to think about it. It's not whether you feel it. In fact, it's about thinking about it and doing it when you don't feel it. So that when you get shook emotionally, when when you get real sad, or when you get real afraid, you've got something to work with. You've got a new way of thinking so that you've, you've gone to places in your brain, you've rewired your brain actually, by thinking about the right things, whatsoever things are true and pure and noble and good, Paul says, think about those things so that when you get hit, instead of going to the dark side, like you did since you were like four, you start to go to the light side, you start to go to truth. You've built in truth. You've built in experience with God. You've built in wise counsel, are you following me? You've begun to live it, so you've begun to see the fruit of it. You've sown and you've seen results. You've got to do it ahead of time. you got to do it ahead of time. Number three, your emotions are meant to be a gift, not a master. Your emotions can't dominate you. You can't let your heart just rule you. They're a gift to experience God and to love one another and to uh, uh, enjoy his presence and uh, to relate to others. Emotions can be a gift, but they're not meant to rule. See, it can't ever be, well, they just get me so mad I just lose it. That's your bad. Your emotions rule you in that way. They're not to be your master. Listen. Listen. To what proverbs says 1632 whoever is slow to anger is better what does it say is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit can you read that with me rules his spirit than he who takes a city it's harder to be emotionally healthy than to be a soldier We got to say, Lord, help me to rule my spirit. I don't want it to rule me. I don't want it to dominate me. When my spirit dominates me, I make big mistakes. I say things I should have never said. And even when I ask for forgiveness, I know some damage was done. And it isn't that you're not forgiven, okay? And it isn't that the one you hurt can't forgive you, but you know you made a mark. And that's where we have, have to have an understanding of God's beautiful, perfect will and our little will and where he knows better than us. And he would say it is better that you shut your mouth than to blow off steam. No, 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 no. See, you're you're intoxicated with your anger. And you're going to sober up in an hour and you're going to be sorry for what you said and did. So he says, no. He says, he says sometimes, hush your mouth. You ever tell your kids, hush, hush, hush your mouth. Because shut up was a bad word in our house, so we just turned it around, hush up. Because that ain't a bad word, I guess. Are you following me? You know, because you and I are the same, we've all done it. And we've all been sorry we did. You know what's sorrier, though, is if we don't learn. That's even worse. We gotta learn. We gotta learn how to grow from the inside out. Emotionally, emotionally. Are you still with me? Number four, just don't forget that unredeemed negative emotions are damaging. And by negative, emotions are, you know, there there are some, there are gradients of of this. I'm not gonna get into it like in a clinical psychological way, but, When we when we're sad, when we're confused, when we're anxious, it's human. Okay? It's human. But we gotta redeem, we gotta let God redeem them. When you just live unbridled, it's damaging. It sets you back years. It can set you back years. It can ruin friendships. It can poison family relationships. It can cost you jobs, good jobs. And then we we get our pink slip and we're and we blame it on politics and nepotism and all, but you know it could have been just you. you ever thought about that? I mean, it could have been. maybe it wasn't, or maybe it was. You, runaway emotions, lack of self-control is never okay. I'm just passionate, I'm just passionate. I'm a passionate person. Well, calm down. You act like that's a spiritual gift. It ain't in the Bible. I got the gift of passion. Oh, be quiet. hush up. Listen what the word says about some of that passion. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in sin. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man or woman. Do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Watch this. Wrath is cruel, and an anger is a torrent. And who is able to stand before the jealous? A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. A merry heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, what? casts out fear. So negative emotions that run amok are damaging. I still got a little bit of time. Are you ready? I'm going to go quick. I'm going to say this really quick. How do we keep our emotions in check? How do we, this is all about strategy. You have to beware false news. Beware fake news. We've heard the fake news, right? The enemy's gonna wanna whisper in your ear, you're defeated, you're lost, you're nothing. Beware fake news. You ever gotten all tied up in knots over something that just happened in your mind? You're sitting in your recliner minding your own business, five minutes later, you're all upset. That ain't even happened. <laughs> Beware fake news. Can can we please see? This is about being sober-minded. We gotta stop and identify the real enemy. Find the real enemy. Stop fighting each other. Identify the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your heart. Beware fake news. I got I gotta say this. I gotta go through this real quick. So I'm gonna go fast. Here's a simple strategy for dealing with your emotions. Are you ready? Okay, maybe they'll make this available somewhere. How to deal with your negative emotions. How to deal with your emotions. First, prayer needs to be the first, go ahead. Prayer needs to be the learned first instinct. When you get hit, first thing you do, don't cuss. I know you. No, 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 the first instinct, you gotta learn it though, that's why I put learned. It ain't natural. You came out screaming. You came out your mama screaming. Mad at the world, it's too cold, I'm hungry. All emotional. Hey, prayer's got to be the first learning to get God involved right away. Before you go off and do something foolish, get God involved. He's right there, he loves you. He's with you. Don't marinate in the anger and the fear and the anxiety. No, 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 right from the get-go, Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. Help me right now. I am being tempted. I need you, God. He's right there. It'll make an instant difference. Number two, identify the thoughts that led to the emotions and why you thought them. Again, you could be, you chase that, you you follow that rabbit trail to something that is imagined. You got to find out what led, what you thought? Someone say, think it before you feel it. That's how your emotions work, right? We've taught you that lots of times. Identify the thoughts. What led to my anger? What led to my lust? What led to my anxiety? Why I think them? Number three, make a decision as to how you're gonna deal with the thoughts and events. See, someone say decision. That's the brain. That's the mind. That's where you incorporate truth decide don't react don't just react decide what am I gonna do with this how am I gonna deal with what I'm feeling number four consider how your decision will affect you and those around you see you'll temper your emotions you'll temper them you'll 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 bridle them when you consider the witnesses around you your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, consider that. It's not all about you. We do a good job talking about that here at Thrive. It's not all about you. Your best life is lived for others. Mm, Someone write that down. Someone needs to get a a tattoo. Your best life. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Live for others. your, best, your worst life is live for yourself. You will make the worst decisions ever with just yourself in mind. I know society teaches a dogma of self-worship. It's not biblical. No, we live for the glory of God, which means we're gonna live for the benefit of others. So that means how you respond, how you deal with your emotions, what you do with real, real tragedy, like real problems. Because your emotions can be based in imagination or they're based in reality. You really did lose your job. You, you, you really did lose a loved one. You really are sick or hurting. But you have to consider, Lord, how what, what do I do with what I feel? Because others are with me. Can I give you two more? Take every emotion and every action and present them to God. You are living sacrifices. You burn for God let me glorify you you know there is such a thing as righteous anger Lord if I'm going to be mad let me be mad for the things that anger you not just me I present them to you I present you my emotions and my decisions I want it to be as worship and then the last one is rest in him. You do those six things. From pray and walk through those steps, and then at the very end, you rest. Lord, you know why? Because if he says quiet, don't say nothing. But Lord, I know. Because he could say this to you. Are you ready? He could say, I'll take care of them, but you got to learn something. You got to learn something. I've got things for you that require you to be self-controlled and disciplined. I can't trust you with more until you get yourself under control. So just rest, surrender, lay down, do it my way and just relax. But God's are going to get over on me. Seriously, you think they can get, well, they can get over on you. Can they get over on me, God would say? No, they can't get over on me, God would tell you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Let them laugh. I got you. It's not about you anyways. Remember me, huh? Remember me, huh? It's not about you. One day you'll come up here and enjoy but right now you just do my will. Rest in that. Friend, do not be mastered by your feelings anymore. Not even one or two areas. Not even one or two, because that's where the enemy will go. That's where he'll, like, strategically attack. Let's allow the word of the Lord and the person of Jesus Christ to rule over what we do with how we feel. Would you stand with me, family? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at ThriveLathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.